This episode with Lee Bergen is another episode that is going to leave you feeling so inspired. I wanted to talk to Lee for the longest time because she and I are in such alignment in terms of our training and nutrition philosophy. Both of us understand that this is a never ending journey. And as Lee brilliantly put it, it's like a balloon with a hole in it. You have to constantly keep filling it up because there's a little hole that's letting air out. So settle in everyone and get ready to keep doing this. It's kind of like um, that song, the road goes on forever, but the party never ends. Same thing. So you get a dose of um, Lee's cleverness. I think she has a way of delivering her message that is very easy to digest. And she is so down to earth. I trust her so much. And I just wanted you to have another voice, another voice reinforcing the right way to go about reaching your goals as it pertains to physique goals, weight loss goals, and honestly, life in general. So settle in, get ready for some fun. And if you want to stay in touch with Lee, you can find her on Instagram at seriouslee, training. Um, and of course, if you want to reach out to me, if you have any follow-up questions, let me know and I will get you guys in touch. Enjoy. Okay, you guys, I am so excited today because I have the most amazing person on the podcast. Her name is Lee Bergen, and several of you already know her because um, quite a few Faster Way to Fat Loss clients do listen to this, and I'm so happy about that. So you guys know Lee is the head trainer for Faster Way. I'll never forget the first time I met Lee, and I was like, oh man, this this gal is the real deal. Um, I instantly fell in love with her. She's super authentic. She is who she is. And she inspires me. Every time I listen to her stories, like on Facebook or on Instagram, I just am like, preach, preach, girl, preach. And it's hard to find people like that for me that I really believe what they're saying. And you are that person. So Lee, thank you for being here. Hi, Lee. I've got to say the same thing about you. And I was, and I was super nervous to meet you because I'm like, oh, she's got all these friends. She's so popular. And then as soon as I met you, it was the same thing. I was like, oh, here's my sister from another mister for sure. Yeah. I mean, there are just, we just align. We've got the same philosophy and you are just so authentic and you can say fuck when you're not supposed to. It yeah. makes laugh, you know, and yeah. you're great at what you do. And so I'm just super proud and happy to be here. So thank well, you. Well, thanks. Yeah. And it seems like I have a lot of friends, but I don't. I have a lot of acquaintances. That's true. That I know I'm, I'm right there with you. Yes. It's quality, not quantity. <laughs> right. No followers. Let me say that. <laughs> well, and I also have to tell you, I don't know for whatever reason, I, I mentioned this before. I, for, I like working with a male trainer. There's two women I would train with. One of them is you, hands down. And I tell everybody that. I'm like, if you haven't met Lee, she is the shit, man. She knows what she's talking about. And yeah, you just have that energy. I feel like to really, you really know how to motivate people. Mm, well, they motivate me and you, you're the same way. You know, we feed off of people's energy and you know, th there's a challenge with someone who doesn't have very much energy that makes you want to attack even harder. You know, <laughs> but when I find somebody who has the same vibration kind of as you do, then it's just, it's just electrified every single thing. So it's, it's challenging. And I'm the same way. I only want to train with the male trainer. And I think a lot of the reason is 
is because it seems like they walk the walk a little bit more than women like you. You know, it's very rare to find someone who walks the walk who's also not an asshole. You know, yeah. there are a lot of women who are so vain and they're so consumed with that because they probably have some killer genetics, you know, and they probably just kind of woke up just, it was natural for them. And a lot of it came from vanity, but I think that you know, my work didn't come from vanity. It just came from just this, just produce the effort and see what happens. And it, it just makes us a little bit more relatable. I think. I agree 100%. And, you know, I forgot for just a second until we were just talking, you've had quite the background because you used to be a high school teacher, right? Yes. Yes. I was a high school teacher. My mission has always been to help people kind of find the light bulb. You know, I was a loser in high school. I, I mean, I barely graduated with a 72 average. I was hanging around all the wrong people, but um, my family was a little bit crazy. So I, I, I just wondered like where in high school was someone that ever called me out? Where was, where was my accountability? Where was the person that was like, wait a minute, girl, you, you need some, some attention. Mm -hmm. And so I always just wanted to just be that person for somebody. I wanted to find the one who was invisible. I wanted to find the one who was struggling. I wanted to, to do that. And, you know, I'm still teaching. It seems like adolescence a lot of times, <laughs> but I'm still teaching. It's just a different subject. Always looking for that person who just, they just need some attention and they need to know that everything that they're doing is, is one step in the right direction if they're just trying. Oh, that's amazing. So when you were a teacher, was that when you were running more or were you into physical fitness? Yes. So I, I was on the dance team all through college. And um, when I graduated high school, I, I literally, I think I got into college because my, my grandfather pulled some strings and I was a good dancer. So I was like, oh, snap, I better put on my brain and see what happens. And once I started to apply myself, I mean, then I graduated with a dean's list and it was just like, oh, I, I, I have something I can apply. And so when I I said, well, I just, dance team was over. So I was just going to run, I guess, to, I was doing the aerobics. Yeah. So I just ran and then I just ran and then I ran and I ran. It was a quiet place for me. I guess I'm a little bit of a kinesthetic learner. I've got to kind of be active. And so I just started running. It was kind of like my church and then it never stopped. And I ran, oh my gosh, I, I, I ran when my kids were little. I remember there, Ellie was four and Roy was three. I was pushing them 11 miles in a double jogger. <laughs> A couple of times a week, at least. Oh five days. my gosh. Crazy. And then I, I, I did some competitions some triathlons and I, and then I would just race five Ks and halves all the time, like racing. So I was wow. pretty obsessed with it, but it was just performance. You know, I just, mm -hmm. it was my project and I liked being fast and yeah. Yeah. Did, were you one of those people that has ran like 24 marathons? Was that your distance at all? Nope. Great question. I ran a marathon, just the one I'd only run 16 miles. I never, I, I was with my, uh, my kid's dad and he said, um, we were training for it and then we got 16 miles and kind of just blew it off. And then all of our friends signed up for it. And he was like, well, we still have to do it. And I go, well, dude, it's like in a week, we, <laughs> you know, we've just been running our five and 10 miles. So I ran as someone's name, like, you know, Jamiqua or something. And his name was like Kardashian. And like, literally we had to buy the bibs because on Craigslist, because the race was sold out the Houston marathon. Oh my God. So we ran that race, like crawl, like I was like, we are not going over 11 minute miles. I mean, we had our garments on. I mean, so that was, that was the one marathon I did bucket list done. Don't need to do it again. That was the other thing too. 
I know my nature is to always try to kind of beat myself. And so the marathon was never on my bucket list, but once it happened, it was pretty painful and uncomfortable. It wasn't safe and I never want to do that again. So I, I'm always a little bit, I'm a quit while I'm ahead kind of a person. Yes. That's why I never tried CrossFit. I was like, oh, don't you even get me started. I didn't even go, I've never been into a box one time. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try it because I know I'll go crazy. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah. So then I, I stopped. I mean, I stopped running as fast as I started. I was like, Forrest Gump. I was like, and then one day I stopped. <laughs> like straight up and just stopped. That's amazing. So then is that when you got into strength training the day you were like, okay, I'm done running. I'm trying to go to the weight room. Yep. So the weights were, the running was something that my ex and I did together for gosh, 15 years. And so I think I was like 35. I had, um, no, I something like that, 33 or four or something. And, um, going through the divorce, I think because I was tying so much of my emotional, um, stress with that part of my lifestyle. I just, I wanted to stop everything. And so right then I just become a personal trainer so that I could kind of still be a stay at home mom with my kids. I was teaching Tybo. I was training, I was teaching Tybo at a church. I was training with Billy Blanks for, you know, a few years, kind of, that was my fun dance. Let's call it a, my dancing yeah. time still. Cause I still had that in me. So, um, I was teaching Tybo and then I was working at this gym and then the, through the divorce, I, I was just so weak and I could not figure out kind of, and I did not want to freaking run again. I was like, I'm out. I just couldn't. So I just said, well, let me treat myself as a new trainer and new trainers are terrible. Okay. They don't know new teachers are terrible because they want to be everything, but they haven't experienced anything. Yeah. And so I treated myself like I would treat a new client. And so I hired a trainer and I was like, well, let me just, what can I learn and how can I apply? How can I be my very best client? Okay. And I just focused on just, okay, well, here's a bar, pick it up, put it down. Okay. Do that 19 more times. Okay. Oh. Next, let's put a little bit more, let's put some weight on the bar. Yeah. And literally after a year and I knew nutrition was a big part of it. I was, I, 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 you know, I drank a lot, way too much alcohol. It was a lot of fuel for my running. Yeah. So I just said, let me just eat to perform. And then I looked in the mirror after a year and was like, wow, look at those traps. Like I didn't even, it wasn't on my agenda. I was so focused on getting through this divorce, getting my kids, getting a job, focus, just move, get strong, get strong, get strong, get strong. And then I was like, well, you know, and that was a cool thing too. So many women are trying to do the work to look a certain way where I didn't care how I looked. I just wanted to feel a certain way. Yeah. And the side effect of, of trying to find that feeling is mm -hmm. whatever I have on my body now. You know, I've heard that uh, from a couple people too, that once they stopped training for a certain look and we're, we're basing their training off of a feeling, that's when actually the results started to come. And I was like, that's really powerful. Right, and, and, and get, don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> vanity is there. I mean, I'm still buying shorts to fit. Okay. Right, right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wear makeup and do those things, but, but to have that whole focus, just mm -hmm. not be so consuming because I've been there too, where I have been so focused on, you know, a look or something. And then, you know, as we go through when, when you just start lifting for the performance and your body does shape into its shape, I'm like, okay, I don't have a small waist. Okay. I do have bigger shoulders. I don't have very developed quads. Like you see where these weaknesses are, even though I was training them all. So, yeah. you know, it just was like, well, here's where some of my lagging body parts are. And 
you know, I just want to make sure I'm balanced. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. I got to, I got to get this timeline down. I know. I know. 33, 34. Are you still teaching school while teaching Taibo? Great question. No, I stopped teaching school when um, I had the children. Okay. So long story short, I was teaching in Texas and I was in teaching in New Jersey and my kid's dad is a pilot for, um, then it was continental. And so we were in the middle of September 11th. And so we ended up having to do, I didn't have any kids yet. We ended up living in Costa Rica for, you know, half a year. He had to take a leave of absence. I mean, it was a big, big, big thing back and forth, back and forth. Finally, we went back to New Jersey again, after I quit teaching to go kind of nurture the, the, you know, our, our mentality yeah. and then, um, got pregnant with Ellie. Then he got laid off right before she was born. So when he got laid off, okay, it was crazy. We went again, long story, went back to Texas and I stopped working to be a stay at home mom, but he didn't have a job. So <laughs> after another year of him flying privately, then he got you know back with Continental. Then I had my second baby. So I didn't have to work. I, you know, was, we were fortunate. So, but I knew I would go back to this classroom. We ended up living, moving to, to Galveston and, um, I, the kids were still little and I said, I got to do something. So that's when I, my aunt taught uh, with Billy, I, you know, my aunt, that sounds like she's so old, but then she was like 40. Oh my God. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> oh my God. So she was training with him. It was in his videos and stuff. And she said, come out there with me and meet him and, and try. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. So my son was nine months old. So I didn't, I haven't been back in the classroom. I taught for about seven years, I guess. Okay. Teaching just on and off Tybo, then a hurricane hit. I mean, all the kind of junk. Then a hurricane hit, tore the gym down, took the kids' school away. <laughs> and then after the hurricane uh, was, when the, was when I went to the gym to become a trainer, and that was when I got a divorce. And so that was in, that was in 2010, maybe. So now I'm 33, 34 at that time. So I stopped teaching 28 to, or 30 to 34-ish, kind of in that time. Yeah. Oh, that's so great because one of the things that's a recurring theme, um, and it's not even on purpose with this podcast is people totally changing. Like you were a school teacher and then you were a personal trainer and teaching Billy Blank's typo classes. And I only wish the only regret I have in life is that I have never been in one of your typo classes. <laughs> I know I would rock that class so hard. You would. You've been you've been in a variation of them, but yeah, no, just that music pumping and nothing's choreographed. It's just such a free flow of, of the mind and feeling the room. It's the best. Still, I mean, I'll I'll that's the one that is the one exercise that has endured through running and through weightlifting is that typo. Dude, you. I mean, not to get off on a tangent, I I used to teach group fitness full time and I'm I don't miss it because it's really hard and draining, but I do miss a full class going with the music and all of that. You can't beat that. And you're the, the, the best club ever. Yeah, it's so true. So 35, 33, 35 is when you started strength training. And I know you guys can't see Lee right now. Um, her physique is amazing and beautiful. She has the glutes of a goddess. <laughs> but... One of the reasons I want to talk to her today is because she and I are what I like to call adults because we are over 40. And I feel like there's a lot of benefit to working with a woman, a person who is older because we do have that experience. You've been through the kids, you've been through work transitions. And 
I don't know. It's so funny you say this. I just signed up for another training and it's a mindset thing. And all the people who are introducing themselves are like brand new baby trainers. And I felt very confident all of a sudden because you're right. Experience is on our side. Experience is on our side. And just like you said, the mindset, you know, so, so much is trying to be achieved by women who are looking for a quick fix. They're looking for whatever their goal was when they were younger. Well, that girl is gone. Okay. Uh They're looking for a feeling that they had at a different time. And no, a lot of times people don't embrace the moment in time that they're in. And, you know, I get so, 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 so sad and so frustrated when people are like, I just can't figure out how to start. And the only the way to start is just to wake the fuck up. Just yeah. wake up, mm-hmm. wake up, look around and make an assessment. What do I have? What do I have? And what do I want? And what is the, the only the one little change that I can do to get there? Because again, my, my high school to my college professor told me I was going to change careers five times. And I was like, really? Then what am I doing sitting in this class? Okay. I've got a major for a reason. So, um, so five times a career change and no one says that you're going to go through five different stages and, and more in your life. And I can't find anyone that can raise their hand and say, I'm finished. And right. anybody who joins a six week, a 12 week, a one year, a 21 day, a five year program needs to understand that that program doesn't end. That program is intended to teach you how to apply what you've learned for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with finding different programs and different people that you chemically connect with and be motivated and inspired by them. But at the end of the day, you're going to wake up alone and you got to know that you've done everything for yourself that you possibly can and not wasted one day. And that, that, that time wasting and knowing, you know, being through September 11th and being through all these different moments where you're like, Holy shit, I'm almost out of time. You know, that sense of urgency kind of comes in and then you, the dust settles, the deep breath comes and you go, okay, Let's set the pace for this long, this long road and mourning the end of running, like literally like crying about it. Like I tried a couple of times. I was like, man, I just, it's just, it's gone. It's just gone. And you know, I'm like, Oh God, one day am I going to just mourn the, the day that I stopped lifting weights? No. What I did was I got inspired by you to become more flexible, to find another layer in the weightlifting that I have done to, again, add more to that repertoire. Like, you know, I really want to do a toe touch. I just can't. I really want to do like 10 pull-ups. I'm just still working on the one. Like little things, you know what I mean? Like like that kind of just how do you layer your progress? And people who can't layer any progress if they haven't even primed the space yet, you know? Oh, I never even thought about it like that. You do have to prime the space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you suggest someone does when they don't know what to do, where to start? Because it is overwhelming. You know, we're so lucky because, you know, we did prioritize our health and our wellness. And so we're not sitting there 50 pounds overweight, but what do you do when someone comes to you and they're just so desperate? What do you say to them? Right. And you know, the other good thing too, you know, I did used to be a smoker. I did used to be a drinker. Like I've, I've had lifestyle, you know, characteristics that were definitely not going to produce the best, the best me that I am right now. So, you know, being there and knowing what that's like and knowing that you can kind of be at a rock bottom, even though you might not be overweight and you can be a very healthy, overweight person, you just have too much fat. So there's a lot of different variations in it, but when someone just 
it just needs to get started. You know, you and I are tracking macros, you know, we use tools to track their fats, proteins, and carbs. You know, people need to just, like I said, first things first, assess where you are. Okay, where am I? What is my lifestyle have right now? And I heard someone say, you know, if you're going to pick a time to move your body to exercise, say, okay, I'm going to work out five days a week at seven o'clock every day. You know, can you end that sentence with, I'm going to work out five days a week every day at seven o'clock forever. If you can end it with forever, then you're going to go. If you can't say forever, then let's think about what can you really do? Yeah. You know, first things first, just move just get up and move sometimes that fresh air can really be a benefit laying on the ground rolling around in a horizontal boot camp you know stretching can really create some oxygen that's just going to fill your brain and just taking that time to celebrate that look everything is is working you know and so that's number one just start moving and sometimes when you start moving you're able to say okay now what is the fuel that's creating this movement am i getting the benefit out of this movement movement you know and I always say if you're it's just like trying to feed a plant with an eyedropper you know you're never gonna have anything bloom unless you get the soil rich mm -hmm. so you know you just this you just have to understand and then and then and then be willing to educate yourself and be willing to sacrifice a year of learning because you've sacrificed yeah. 20 of crying about it yep. so can you give me just one year to really commit to learning how to change your life. And if you can do it at 40, imagine what the year of 42 will be like, wow. okay? Oh, that's so true. We really do have to play that long game. I love what you're saying. Can I get up at 7 a.m. and work out five days a week forever? Mm -hmm. And that particularly applies to the way that you eat. You know, you and I both know very low calorie diets aren't the way to do it. We're all for physique goals. You can go in a fat loss phase, but there's a way to go about it. Um, cutting out whole food groups is not, you can't do that for the rest of your life. You can't, it doesn't, your body doesn't re respond to it like it used to. I mean, it used to be really resilient and now, now it doesn't, it doesn't want to play anymore. You know, it wants to, it, it doesn't want to play that game. And so then the frustration is just overloading. And so, you know, teaching people how to eat and going, okay, we're going to feed you for a year. We're going to, we're going to enrich your soil for a year before you're going to get one little tiny bud. You know, that, and, and, and it, it, but again, how do you communicate time when they're still thinking about, okay, it's still 2020. I'm still working on my new year's resolution. Well, it's, it's passed up again. And I know, you know, the same clients I've got clients I've had for 10, 15 years. And I'm like, why are we having the same conversation? Yeah. And you can't say, oh, well, she just doesn't want it bad enough. No. It's really hard. It's really hard. And, and so much of it comes from your mind and your heart and, 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 you know, committing to a plan and also giving yourself time within that year to go, okay, cool. I kicked ass for six weeks. I'm going to take a two week break. And when I come back in two weeks, just because I doesn't, I don't track, doesn't mean I'm going to eat all the things and do all the things. I'm just going to try to practice what I did without tracking and see if I do okay. Cause in two weeks, I'm not going to lose six weeks of progress. So it just kind of giving yourself permission to once a quarter, let go. And do you do that? Do you like let go of the wheel sometimes? And oh, absolutely. Talk? When I yeah. get busy with work, I, you know, just like you, I know how to eat. I don't need to put it in my fitness pal to know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just one more thing. Yeah. I totally, yeah. and I think people should do that too without, you know, sneaking, you know, going off of the rails. Yeah, but you yeah. can do that. You have to trust yourself. And that's something else. You have to trust yourself and trust your body that it will respond. Right. Because I think that's another part of it too. 
I'm a, I'm a little out there, you know, and I'll write down my morning affirmations, which has really been helping. Yeah. And I always say, I trust my body. I trust my body to respond the way that I want it to. Cause I know that it will in my heart of hearts. I know that it will. And it's only my brain that's getting in the way of me thinking it's not going to. And right. I know that a lot of women are like that. Well, that reverse diet, no, won't work for me. It won't work for me. It will. I know. And the other thing is what else are you going to do? You're going to go back to slim fast, <laughs> right? What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Because again, try all the things, call me in six months when they don't work mm -hmm. and, and we'll have the same conversation again, which you could have had six months of just education. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just practice. But here's the other thing too, Kylie, I think that you and I are so fortunate because there are so many competing programs and companies out there in which women are really trying to cut the legs out from each other when they're other trainers and for you and I to be able to collaborate and for what you've done for us and what you know hopefully I can do for you we're collaborating for all women okay yes. we, we we are teaching the, the same class using different yep. textbooks with the same information you know literally and 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 in finding women who really have the 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 best interest in other women um isn't isn't very it doesn't happen very often and so whenever we do find each other like that we have to just shout from the rooftops mm -hmm. and that we're here for you you know I had a client the other day like reaching out to you and you were telling me you're like look what she said I'm like oh my gosh like and we're saying the same thing same exact thing I'm not telling you that secret that Carly you know no <laughs> we're telling you the same thing telling you the same thing I I know whenever anyone reaches out to me like well did you do what Lisa said to do then that's what you should do not me yeah. Oh my gosh. And you said it one time and I, and I wrote it wrong, but I copied what you said, but you were like, you know, what'd you say? You said, go ask your mom. And yeah. when your dad says no, like yeah. Yeah, that was all the time. And again, my husband and I share the same clients many times. They're like, well, Peter doesn't call it that you call it a burpee and he calls it a military. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I can't either way. I want you to do 10 of them. Shut up. Stop. Yeah. I want you to just not be able to talk because you're working so hard. But I agree with you. Um, I, I just want women to get the right information. I don't care if you're getting it from me or from Lee or from somebody else on Instagram, as long as it's the good information, because it honestly, I figured out why I do what I do. I just don't want anyone to have to go through what we had to learn, learn the hard way. It's just, there's no reason. Now we know better. So just take our advice. Totally. And that's the other thing too, back to that, you know, walk the walk. And that's why mm -hmm. I trust you because, you know, again, without making aesthetics be a thing, but you have a super strong, powerful, beautiful body with the spirit that goes along with it. So I know you're not starving because you'd be super crappy. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I know that you are very strong and limber and I want to I want to have those things. And again, this is for the longevity so that I can play with, you know, all the little children that I don't have around me, but whatever, you know, I want to be able to, to be spry. You know, my daughter had a, she was on a walk the other day and she said, Oh, there's, you know, send me a picture of a, of a big mirror that someone was throwing away. And she was like, I want, the, I want to get this mirror. I go, well, pick it up. She was like, Oh, huh. I don't know what that damn thing was made out of lead. So I go down there to meet her and I'm like, Oh my God, this is like, it was probably a hundred pounds. And I'm just like, oh. 
<laughs> no, I get it upstairs, three flights of stairs, and she's like, Mom, you're so strong. I go, I don't work out for any other reason but to just carry stuff. Like, I need you to start working out so you can pick up your own trash. Like, <laughs> here's the mirror that we just found. Pick up your own trash. And that was like, a so such an, and she's 17, and she was like, huh, like, you're not really, I'm like, I'm not working out. I worked out to look away, like, all that, yes, that's there, but man, to be able to help you with this, that's, that's living. That is living. We, when the gym shut down, we got this treadmill. Cause I was like, I gotta still get my steps in. And that fucker was so heavy and the delivery guy would not take it downstairs. Now I know why. So Pat and I, Pat, my husband, and I, we had to take that thing downstairs. And I told him, you are so lucky that I am your wife. Cause I guarantee you she across the street could not do this. There's no I way. The functional fitness is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was so heavy and it was so hard and I was pretty much crying, but we got it down there. <laughs> so what does your training look like? You don't back squat because of, is it the knees? Oh my gosh. It's so crazy. I'm like, what is wrong? <laughs> yes. And, and now this is again, me being stupid new, right? And I knew my progression and I was like, I just need to get 225. And I gave myself yeah. to do it. I was like, oh, I'm going to, this is, this is so easy. I'm doing, you know, five pounds a week, you know, for <laughs> two weeks. This is so easy. And it was December 14th, girl, I was close. And <sighs> I mean, and I, and nothing felt, nothing felt wrong. Again, I'm videotaping myself. I'm looking at myself. I just have an abnormally long femur. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. that there was a, little millimeters somewhere. I stood up. I was fine. Everything was fine. I was so happy. It was two reps. I was like, okay, we're coming back next week. And then I went and sat at a, at a party, like on a bar stool and my legs were just kind of dangling and I stood up and one just never straightened again. Oh, I, no. And if I was like, I'm not going to the doctor, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm not going to the doctor. So I could roundhouse and straighten it to the side. I could lay on my back. I could straighten it. It didn't straighten for uh, maybe four months. And I was freaking out. I was teaching boot camps. I was teaching, you know, probably 15 classes a week. And I was like, I'm not going to do any research because the interweb is all lies. So I'm not going to look. I'm just going to just put my mind into my muscle and find out where in my hips is the problem. And, you know, my, my husband's like, if you have a dashboard syndrome, like, you know, something about my knee, my length of my, I just shouldn't have been squatting. I just shouldn't have been squatting that heavy. And my quads are very, very weak. They just never grow. My dad never has, you know, quads just don't. So I literally for a year, one of my girlfriends, this is how I got seriously. She was like, I'm just going to call you butt seriously because you literally are the only person that can make a butt happen without a lunge. I was like, I, I did buns of steel. Okay. I can do anything on my hands and knees. Oh, and then it got better. Okay. It got better. It was like seven months later. I was like, okay, I can extend it. I can, I was really tender. I had it all wrapped and I go to a yoga class and I'm thinking, look, I'm in my crow. Oh, I bet I can shoot my feet out from here into a plank. And then I think I can do this. And as soon as I shot him out, it happened again. Oh, force. I was like, why? I was like, oh. so I don't know if it's a patella. I don't, if it's an AC, if it's an MC, but PC, I don't L's and the, uh, all of it. It's bad. So, um, then I had to be on the cover of this magazine and I'm like, I got one leg <laughs> short. Like I got a little skinny leg. <laughs> like how, what am I going to do about this? Leg? <laughs> it was just a mess. So I was like single leg wall sitting, you know, I was doing all of these isometric things and I'll be damned if I didn't rehab that 
fucker by myself. And I'm like, I can do anything. I can do anything. And I just refuse to get surgery. And I still have to kind of be very ginger with it. I can do some stuff at a Smith machine that my feet have to be a certain specific way. And Mm -hmm. I just, I call that experience. It's not an injury. It's just an experience thing. It's a trick knee, you know, maybe I can use it for a party, but I still am like a little bit, a little bit nervous. And, and, you know, as I'm here loving my job, I'm like, oh my gosh, the last thing I need to do is get hurt that I'm gonna lose my job. Right. (laughs) So the performance now is about maintenance, not about crushing a specific weight so yeah. can I maintain this that's the thing so about my workouts back to that you know someone said like gosh you must work out all the time and I don't I did right get this like it was about three maybe four years of in like I was specific I was on a program you know teaching classes isn't my workout people are like oh my gosh you work out all day I'm like no you yeah. work out today I just tell you how to do it like yeah I'm doing it <laughs> So, you know, really specific, maybe, maybe three years, maybe four, something along those lines, really intentional. And then I just got busy, but then I would just come back. So I've got some specific lifts every, you know, three months. Can I still, maybe six weeks, can I do that lift about five or six times? If I can, great. If I can't, there's cellulite, like it's just a cause and effect. Uh So without this COVID thing, you know, three months out of the gym, Again, not going fast. It's taken me eight weeks to get down 10 pounds away mm-hmm. from my lifts that I were before moving out to Florida in, in December. So I'm like, okay, I'm close just to yeah. get that back. So now it's just about maintenance. And so once your body has that muscle in there, it knows what to do. You don't have to recreate it. You know, those fibers are just sitting there sleeping. You just have to kind of wake them up again. Yeah. But um, that maintenance, so maybe I train maybe maybe four hours a week on my own, yeah. maybe, and no cardio. Yeah. I was just telling um, my my monthly group, I'm very proud of myself because this is the first time in my life where I'm legit not doing any cardio, like these last two months. And that's a huge thing considering our background because it was really hard to let go of even just like that 30 minutes. And why, why? Because I thought I needed it, but I, I don't. So, um, I'm really happy to hear that because I also know women our age don't understand that. It's really hard to accept. It really is. And the other thing too, is they don't understand how much cardio is involved in lifting the heavy things. So you've got to have some, uh, some baseline of cardiovascular strength so that you can't huff and puff. I mean, anaerobic lifts, you know, you're, you're gasping. So, you know, there's a, there's a fine balance, but when you're doing cardio for fat loss, you just got to tighten up your nutrition a little bit. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's just a punishment that doesn't need to be happening. You got time to do some stuff. You know, unless you're doing a leisurely walk, that's different than yeah, exactly. So that's my cardio now, leisurely walking. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's taken 20 years. And it, so I just am trying to give somebody a shortcut and say you don't have to go about it that way. And you well, and I want to go back to one thing you said about the alcohol fueling your runs. Mm-hmm. When I was a runner, it was all fueled by guilt or alcohol or Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. or something like that. 
Mm-hmm. I can tell you that for a fact. Totally, totally. And you know, and I don't know if that's if that's just what it's like in our twenties, or if that was just my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, I all of the the super party and I did I did pretty much before I went to college, which is unfortunate. But so when I got to college, I didn't have to explore so many of the other you know recreational drugs that were out there. I was like, oh, I know what that does. I know what that yeah. does. That was, that was good. Plus I just found my brain. I was like, Oh, don't no, I'm not messing this up. <laughs> so, but I also say that I don't have a very addictive personality. You know, if, if, if whatever it is that I'm doing, if I run out, then I run out or, you know, I just kind of have this addiction ADD. <laughs> Next. Yeah. Well, if you can stop running cold Turkey, I'd say uh, so. Yeah. I just, and again, a lot of times it does become an addiction to people. And, and it was, it was just an escape for me and it was literally an escape and, and it was a habit. It was a total habit and I like getting sweaty. And, um, but at the end of the day, you know, running and burning calories is not building a body and building a body is not easy. And for you and I to have, you know, years, years and years to get where we are, you know, if, if, if a 40 year old woman comes to me and she's like, how do I get that? I'm like, sign up for 15 years. Let's go. Yeah. You know, let's sign up now for that. It's not going to happen in one year. So you got to wipe that out of your mind. But knowing that you can do something majestic in one year and get a foundation that again, like I said earlier, you can just layer. That's huge. And, and, you know, some of my favorite clients are the ones who are, 60 plus who have been aerobaholics, you know, their entire life. And then they come with me and they're like, okay, my bone density is greater. You know, my numbers are going down. Like they are just legit strong. And it's so powerful to watch them create this structural integrity because they didn't think that they could like, why can't you go to the lat pull down machine? Well, I don't know how to use it. We'll sit down on it and reach up. Let me hand it to you. Yeah. You know, learning how to do that's cool. It's so cool. And, you know, before I hit record, um, Lee had mentioned bone density because we were talking about weights and things like physical body weight and how when you start strength training, your weight will, like, you'll lose fat, yes, but your weight is probably going to go up, especially the longer you train. Part of that is due not only to the muscle mass, but the bone density. I hadn't even considered that, but that's a great thing as we're getting older. Yes. And you think about a baby, you know, a baby is so limber and can move, you know, all the way around. And as soon as you start to load that baby's body, the bones get thick. And so when people are like, you got to lift weights for bone density, people are like, what does that even mean? Once you start to load those those bones, they have to respond, you know, hopefully. And so that's, that's what that does. But yes, there's density everywhere and that muscular density. And, you know, and I don't know, I don't care to to, I, I don't care to say how old I am. I'm 47, you know, but I do, I weigh 166 pounds as I'm only five, seven, you know? And when I started to use my fitness pal, I weighed, I remember I weighed 140 and I put in there that I wanted to weigh 120 because I guess eighth grade was a good look. <laughs> I don't know. What's right. That, what is 120? That, so, that's like the universal number. I think for all women, yeah, like, I don't even know what that, that is. And so now, I mean, I just live here at this weight and it, it and, and I was telling Kylie earlier that I, I didn't know I weighed this. I literally haven't been on this scale in two years. My clothes don't fit anymore and I don't expect them to, but I also don't have 
the, the cellulite and, but this is my body. This is my body and I'm going to a size 10, like yep. rock on, whatever it is what it is. I'm strong. I can carry the mirror. I can do whatever. And I just, I can't live in that trying to get into a size, you know, I'll wear higher heels or I'll, you know, put on more lipstick. I don't know. <laughs> Decorate. Yeah. I think I feel like more, more of the fitness women, we need to start talking about that and normalizing that we don't weigh 120 pounds. You know, and many people are talking about throwing away the scale. And again, I think this example that I had just, just recently, just shock and awe about the weight that I, I mean, just shock and awe. I really thought I was like 155 pounds. Mm -hmm. You know, when we tell them to throw away the scale, that's one thing that is super liberating, but we don't, we don't tell them what happens if they do get back on it in a couple of years. There, there is kind of an atmosphere re-entry that we need to make sure you don't get like, you know, some kind of alcohol, you know, altitude poisoning or something like that. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it, the, and the scale is so valuable when you are measuring, you know, for somebody who does have 50 pounds to lose, it is valuable. But when you're talking about changing what your body is made of, you know, a peanut and a marshmallow weigh the same thing. You know, they just take up a different amount of space. That's it. Lee, you are full of nuggets. <laughs> peanut and a marshmallow weigh the same. Which one do you want to be? That's it, you good. know, it, it, and even though I know this, I have to still remind myself every oh, single day. Yeah. You know, people look at you and I and go, oh my gosh, they've got nothing to worry about. You know, I'm writing a book in my head. It's called, um, what is it called? Yeah, see how it's in my head? Oh, it's called She Makes Me Sick. Okay, why does she make you sick? She didn't do anything to you. You know, yes. why does someone make you so, re what are you revolted about? You know what I mean? And so I just want to remind people, like, just accept accept where you are and move in a direction that you want to go and, and let go of who you used to be and be ready to introduce yourself to the new person. You know, she's new, she's ready to shine. She wants to come out. She wants to be here, but she's going to be a little bit shy. So you're going to have to really help her and love on her. Like you love on everybody else, but we just can't love on ourselves. You know, it's so hard. Um, I cannot give away too much, but I have to send you the new landing page for, my program. Okay. It's, it's, it's eerie. It's eerie. What just came out of your mouth. Are we twinsies? We're twinsies. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm scared. I feel like you have cameras in my house. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. I'm, I got goosebumps in the back of my head. I'm excited. Oh my gosh. So the other thing Lee said that was another nugget, she called it this whole process of a balloon what, what kind of balloon, a water balloon with a hole in it? Just a balloon. You know, you go into the gym, you work out and you know, you see the changes after the year. You're like, great. Like I said, no one's going to say they're done. It literally is like blowing up a balloon with a hole in it. You're constantly chasing this deflation, you know, and I say this too. So one of somebody, one of my boot camp said that she was like, you know, you don't brush your teeth just the one time. Well, that was great. Yeah. You gotta keep going back in and it's a commitment. And look, you know, people are like, oh my God, it's such a pain to track. Well, it's such a pain to whine, you know, it is a pain <laughs> yeah. to track. Just do it for a minute, get the data, 
and then move forward and surround yourself with people who aren't going to be your haters. Yeah. Everyone's going to be judging you with what you're doing, why you're tracking, look how much time you're wasting, look how much, blah, 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 blah. once you learn it and it becomes second nature, then they're going to want to do what you do, but they don't have the same discipline that you do. And they want that. So you're going to be around, people are going to be around haters and they're going to be around people who try to bring them down and they're going to fall back into those habits. They might not find that they have, that they're worth like, oh my gosh, I've done all these great things for my body and myself. Many times people don't know how to live in their new skin. You know, they're trying to walk around in their new body they created. They're not comfortable in it. They don't realize what has just happened and that'll send them back. So, you know, we got to just remember that we've got to keep looking forward or we're just going to, you know, bump into whatever we're looking behind us. And you that's know. so true. And I think that's what's really powerful about faster way and my program too is you may not have those supportive people in your life but when you join a community like either one then you do you have those instant friends and that's where you can talk about you know your funny tracking stories oh my god you guys I can't believe I forgot to track my whatever whereas your friends may not get it cool whip ways or cool whip is. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh my god I had her on ounces instead of grams can you believe that I mean it's just <laughs> Your friends may not get it, but the people in the group will. And that's where you can share your victories and post your selfies. Like that's one of my well, things when I get women to flex. for you to have this podcast. And, you know, I just, you know, I saw you what a few months ago and you told me about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to tune in. And my list of podcasts was like four pages long. And so whatever it was a couple weeks ago, and now I'm just addicted. So if I wake up listening to the people that you talk to, like you're, you've got an amazing community yeah. and just listening to the conversations and you know, your conversations that you have in this podcast are educational, inspiring. You know, we get to hang around you a little bit more and that's yeah. such a rare thing to do. And you know, your energy is so great and that is contagious and just Spreading this this word and this value is just so important, and I'm just super super proud of you and grateful. Thank and you. Yeah, you're awesome. I mean, that means a lot because like you are the real deal. It's <laughs> I, I'm not saying there aren't women out there that do it. There are. I know a lot of them, but I don't know. You have a way of delivering the message that's very easy to digest. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And you do it also when you teach your classes um, in faster way. I, it's, it's, a, they're lucky to have you. They're very lucky to have you. I'm glad to be there. You're awesome. Um, so what else did I want to say? I think that's really the big things I wanted to talk about. And the, like I said, Lee and I are adults and you should trust an adult with your journey. I'm not saying you can't get value from a 22 year old trainer. I'm not saying that at all. But you're, you wouldn't, what you were saying and what is so valuable is that we have experience. You know, you want to have, you want to talk to the person who's been there, done that, seen a lot of things. You want to be, of course, with people who are innovative. And so for us to be adults who are not only innovative, but do have experience to bring to the table, you know, we're speaking to the people who think that they can never get started. Okay. We, we know what's around that corner. You know, I used to tell my high school kids, I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, we're going to talk about everything in the history of the world. And they're like, boring. And I said, if I'm telling you something that you don't know, you know, it's still not in, enjoyable to you. But however, if there was a party that was this weekend and I was, if I knew what that route was like and that there was a car wreck on this street and that there was a broken dam on this street and that you'd have to go around, if I gave you the best, fastest directions to that party, they're like, 
we're reading that map. I'm like, exactly. So we're at the party and we're going to give you the shortcut, just like Kylie said, and talk to you about the history of the world. <laughs> See, she's a brilliant teacher. You were born to teach people. That's for sure. Jeez. Cool, Lee. Well, thank you. This is the first of many because as you can tell, Lee is at a very colorful background. I'd like to get into the backstory of things, but I don't want to take too much of her time. Lee, thank you so much. Lee, you're amazing. Thank you so much for this opportunity and for all of you guys. Keep listening to her. She's got great nuggets too. Oh, you're the best. I will put a link to Lee's um, Instagram in the show notes. Also, because of your podcast recommendations, I started listening to my first Joe Rogan ever. <laughs> I'm not really listening to it yet. I, you know, someone said, what do you listen to? And I was like, everything from the Bible to Joe Rogan. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't, it's just great stuff. I don't even know. He interviews some really intelligent and some really idiots. So (laughs) it's great. It's great. He does. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. We have a wonderful night. Okay. Bye. bye. Talk to you later. Alrighty.